It is day four of Dafyud Test. We are holding the Gemara on Dafyud Test and Madalaf nine lines up in the narrow lines. Yesterday we learned if someone still has their foot in the water, still has their foot in the mikveh, then even though they originally dipped in the mikveh for the purpose of, say, chulin, to become purified for unconsecrated produce, since their foot is still in the water, they can change their mind and decide to become purified for, say, masashani or truma or something else. Rabbi Padas taught us that he thought the author of that position was Rabbi Yehuda. Why did he think it was Rabbi Yehuda? Because Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis, Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama, argue about two people who go to a mikveh that's exactly 40 sar. The first one goes into the 40 sar mikveh, comes out purified. The second one, the rabbis say, is not purified because the first one removed some of the water from the mikveh. The mikveh was less than 40 sar when the second person got in. Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, so long as the first person, his foot is still touching the water, then the second person is purified. Why? Because of the principle of Gudachis, that we view the water that's touching his body as coming downwards into the mikveh and making up the 40 sards. Halakha la Sinai, a principle that was passed down to Moshe Har Sinai, that the, we can view something as coming downwards and connected to what is below it. By the same principle, Rabbi Padas says, presumably Rabbi Yehuda would also hold of good asik, the principle that something can be viewed as connecting to what is above it, and therefore, so long as a person's foot is still in the water, Rabbi Yehuda would also hold that we view the mikveh water as if they're still enveloping the person, and it's actually still halakhically still in the mikveh. However, the rabbis who argue with Rabbi Yehuda, they don't agree with that principle, and therefore they don't agree that a person whose foot is still in the water will be able to change his mind for what he is dipping in the mikveh for. That's what we learned yesterday. The Gemara now continues today. Amr of Nachman, Amr of Baravur. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Baravur, This dispute between Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis is only in reference to the heightened standards of the rabbis. In other words, to cases where a person is biblically tahor, biblically ritually pure, and is only immersing himself to comply with the rabbinic stringency. There are certain cases where a person will go to the mikveh for a rabbinic stringency. That's where they argue. But if he's going from a state of Biblical Tumah, to a state of Biblical Tahara, that's why he's going to the Mikvah, that he's actually Tummy on a Biblical level, he's trying to achieve Biblical Tahara. Everyone agrees, in other words, even Rabbi Yehuda will agree with the rabbis that the second person is Tommy, that it doesn't help that the, second pers- that the first person's foot is still touching the water. So this is the first version of Rav Nachman Amar Rabbi Baravua. There's going to be another version, which is going to be the opposite. So concentrate on this one for a moment. The Machlokes, the dispute between Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis, is only in a case where the person is dipping in the mikvah for rabbinic stringency purposes. But where he's dipping for biblical conversion of Tumah to Tahara, of a ritual state of impurity to a state of ritual purity, then even Rabbi Yehuda would agree the whole thing doesn't work, it doesn't help for the first person to have his foot touching the water. The Gemara comments of Ahainu the Rabbi Padas, and this statement of Rav Nachman about the dispute between Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis is in agreement with the view of Rabbi Padas. What did Rabbi Padas tell us? Rabbi Padas told us that who is the author of the Brysa that we learned yesterday, that if a person's foot is still in the water, he can still change his mind about what he was dipping for. That the author must be Rabbi Yehuda. The reason it must be Rabbi Yehuda is because of what his position is in the dispute with the rabbis about the two people who went to the 40 Sa'a mikveh. Now, why is this statement of Rabbi Baravua in accordance with the view of Rabbi Padas? Because the entire principle that we learned in the Brysa that a person has to have intent when he goes to the mikveh for the type of immersion, the type of purity that he's becoming purified for, that in itself is a rabbinic stringency. 
So the, so the fact that Rabbi Padas says that it's Rabbi Yehuda who is the author of that brisa, it must be that Rabbi Padas holds that the rabbis who argue with Rabbi Yehuda, they don't care about a person's feet being in the water. They don't consider that to be significant at all, even with respect to rabbinic stringencies, because as we've said, the rule that a person has to have in mind at the time of his immersion, the level of sanctity for which he's immersing, is itself only a rabbinic stringency. And yet Rabbi Padas says that the author must be Rabbi Huda, not the rabbis. So it shows he holds the rabbis don't consider the foot in the water to be significant at all. The Gemara now continues, as we said it would, with the alternative version of Rav Nachman Amr of Baravur's statement. Ikad Amri, some say the version was as follows. Amr of Nachman Amr of Baravur. Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Baravur, Machlokes, the dispute between Rabbi Huda and the rabbis, Mitumalatara, is only where a person is immersing himself to go from a state of biblical tumma to a state of biblical tara. In that case, Rabbi Huda holds the immersion is valid so long as the first person's foot is still touching the water. And the rabbis hold it's not valid. But in the case where a person is only immersing for the heightened standards of the rabbis, just because of rabbinic stringency, even the rabbis will agree with Rabbi Yehuda that the second person is also tohor. So according to this view, the rabbis do consider a person's foot touching the water to be of significance. And therefore the Gemara comments of Pligi the Rabbi Padas, and this statement of Rav Nachman, this version, disagrees with the Rabbi Padas. Because Rabbi Padas again told us that it's Rabbi Yehuda who's the author of the Brisa we learned yesterday, that if a person's foot still in the water, he can change his mind for what he's dipping for. But according to this version of Rav Nachman on Rabbi Baravua, even the rabbis consider a foot in the water to be of significance. And even the rabbis would consider that to work, that a person, if their foot is still in the water, the rabbi should agree in that case that a person can change his mind because the rabbis, according to this version of Nachman and Baravua, they concede, they agree with Rabbi Yehuda that in a case of rabbinic stringencies, like the case of someone who didn't have the, the full intent at the time of dipping in the mikvah and wants to change his mind when his foot's still in the water, the rabbis would agree with Rabbi Yehuda in that case because it's only a case of rabbinic stringency. And the fact that Rabbi Padot says that it's Rabbi Yehuda and not the rabbis who authored that b'risa shows that he must disagree with Rav Nachman on Rabbi Baravua because Rav Nachman on Rabbi Baravua would say that also the rabbis could be the author of that b'risa since, as we've said, the rabbis do consider a foot in the water, according to this version, to be of significance for rabbinic stringencies. The Gemara now turns to the position of Rabbi Yehuda. You'll recall Rabbi Yehuda told us just a few moments ago that a second person who's dipping after a first person in an exactly 40 sa'a mikvah, he can become purified so long as the first person's foot is still touching the water. And we said the reason was because of a principle, a law called Good achis. Good achis means that we view the water touching the first person's body, who on his way out of the mikvah, we view it extending downwards towards the mikvah, so it's still halakhically joined to the mikvah, and makes up the 40 sar. That's called good achis. So the Gemara says, Ula Ula said, Rabbi Yochanan. I asked the following question from Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Ma'ula hatpul mechatim can we put needles and spinning forks, can we put small metal utensils on the head of the first person while he's on the way out of the mikvah, while his feet are still in the water? Can we put them on the small amount of water that's on his head? And are they purified? Do they become, are they considered as if they've been in the mikvah? What's the question that's being asked here? Good achis is Rabbi Yehuda. 
Good asik Do we say that Rabbi Yehuda accepts the principle of extend and lower? As we said, we view the water on his body as if it's going down and joining the mikveh. That's the principle of good achis. Do we say he holds of that, but good asik He doesn't hold of the principle of extend and raise. In other words, he doesn't hold that the water also comes up onto a person's body and is considered therefore to envelop him and also what is sitting on his head. Odilma, or perhaps good asik that just maybe just like he holds of good achis, that the water can be viewed as extending downwards, he also holds of the opposite principle of good asik, that the water can be viewed as extending upwards. Now yesterday, when we learnt the view of Rabbi Padas, that Rabbi Yehuda was also the author of the Brisa, that a person whose foot is still in the water can change his mind about what he's dipping for, we accepted as fact, we accepted as reasonable that Rabbi Yehuda must hold of both principles, that in the same way he holds of good achis, he holds also of good asik. And therefore, while his foot is still in the water, it's viewed as if he's halachically still in the mikveh, because the water is viewed as if it envelops his whole body, it comes up and envelops his body. But the Gemara today here, Ula questioned this, he wasn't sure. We have an explicit statement of Rabbi Yehuda, which seems to imply that he holds of good achis, that the water is viewed as going downwards, and therefore the water on the person's body can still make up the 40 sar in the mikveh below. But the question is, does he also hold the alternative of the opposite principle that the water can be viewed as extending upwards and therefore envelops his whole body so long as his foot's still in the water and the small metal utensils on his head will become purified? That's the question of Ula. Amali, Rabbi Yochan, replies to Ula, Ula says, Tanisua. We can learn the answer in a price. Three holes containing water are situated on the slope of a valley. Ha'elyona, ha'tachtona, va'intzois. An upper one? A lower one and a middle one. Each one is a hole containing water. The upper one and the lower one contain 20 sar each. While the middle one contains 40 sar, it's got enough volume for a kosher mikveh. A torrent of rainwater passes between the holes and connects them all. So 20 sar in the top, 20 sar in the bottom, 40 sar in the middle. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says... Meir Haya Omer, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, he called him by his first name, it was a colleague of his, Rabbi Meir used to say, Mat bil ba'ilyona, a person can immerse things in the upper one, because we say, good achis, we say extend and raise the water of the middle one, and view it as if it were in the upper hole. So since Rabbi Huda quotes Rabbi Meir's ruling without any comment, we assume that he concurs with it. So what do you see from here? We see that Rabbi Huda does hold of the principle of good achis, because he agrees with the with the view of Rabbi Meir that you can dip in the upper mikveh and therefore you must view the water in the middle mikveh, the 40 sar, that it extends upwards, it's connected with the water in the mikveh, above it in the 20 sar mikveh on top. The Gemara now challenges this. The Gemara says, Vahatanya, but haven't we learnt contrary to this in a brisa, in a second brisa? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Meir Hoy Omer, that Rabbi Meir used to say, Matpil Baal Yona. You can immerse in the upper one, like we said in the previous brisa. But Vahani Omer, but I say, Batachtonu Valo Baal Yona. You can only immerse in the lower one, but not the upper one. That seems to be saying explicitly that I agree with the principle of good achis, that the water can extend downwards, but not good asik, not that the water can extend upwards. And therefore, it seems to be explicit in this second brisa that Rabbi Yehuda maintains we hold a good achis, but not good asik, and he does not agree with that rule of Rabbi Meir. Amalei, Rabbi Yochanan therefore concedes to Ullah, Itanya Tanya, fair enough, if it was taught explicitly in a brisa like that, then it was taught like that, and I retract my proof, and it does appear, the Gemara says, that Rabbi Yehuda holds of good achis, and not of good asik, he holds the water can be seen to extend downwards, but not that the water can be seen to extend upwards. 
So it turns out the Brysa that we learnt yesterday, where we were looking for the author, who holds that if a person's foot's still in the water, they can change their mind. We said it was Rabbi Yehuda. We said maybe it could be the rabbis, according to one version of Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Baravua. And now we're saying it must be Rabbi Meir. It can't be Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold on the principle of good asik. He only holds the water can be seen to extend downwards, but not upwards. But Rabbi Meir is the one who holds the water can be seen to extend upwards. It must be that that is the position of Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir is the author of the position in that b'risa. We're going to hold it for today. I wish you all a very good day.